Welcome to Signs of Hope, a series by Matre Day Radio telling the stories of how God is working here in the Pacific Northwest. My name is Sarah Kinsey, your host, and I'm so excited to invite you along with us as we discover all the ways God is working in our local Catholic community here in Oregon and Southwest Washington. Be sure to check out the video component of this series, which can be found on our website, our YouTube channel, and on the free Hail Mary media app. Our focus lately on Signs of Hope has been on local vocations to the priesthood and religious life. And I'm so excited for this episode where I share the story of Brother Oscar Rodriguez, who is studying for the priesthood as a missionary of the Holy Spirit. I had a wonderful conversation with Brother Oscar, and he also showed me around St. Matthew's Catholic Church in Hillsboro, Oregon, where he is serving in his pastoral year. Here's Brother Oscar introducing himself, sharing how his early friendship with Jesus began and what led him to his religious vocation. I'm Brother Oscar Rodriguez, missionary of the Holy Spirit. I've been with the missionaries for five years now. I was born in California, but I grew up in Idaho. Now, being here in Hillsboro, Oregon, I'm in my pastoral year, about halfway through my formation, and I'm here working in the parish, working with youth ministry, helping out at the school we have here on campus, and with whatever is needed around here. So I think, I think God had his eye on me from the beginning, because before, I really didn't know anything about my faith. I mean, my family, we would go to Mass every Sunday. I mean, that, that was what we would do. We would pray, but uh, it wasn't very, like, the focus in our family as much. I think over time it developed more. But... Uh, when I was little, I didn't like the Mass. I'd go to Mass, I think it was really boring. <laughs> I'd rather play with my toys or whatever. And, and so I just, I just never understood what the Mass was about. It's just the priest talking, I don't, I don't understand. But uh, I think what, started, what happened that got me on this different path was that when I was little, going into my first communion and doing the catechesis and all that, my parents, they were watching this movie. They like watching old movies movie called Marcelino Panidino. It's this old movie about a little boy who is, his mom leaves him at the doorstep of a Franciscan monastery because she, she can't take care of him. So the friars take him in and they raise him and they're giving him catechesis and he's going to be preparing for his first communion. So I was like, that was my immediate connection with the, with the kid. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm also in catechesis and first communion. But in the movie, he, he meets Jesus and there's like this big crucifix in the attic where he's not supposed to go. And he sees him there and Jesus comes to life and starts talking to him. And so that, seeing that in the movie, I was like, I want that to happen to me. And so I started to write him letters. And, and in the movie, the kid would uh, steal bread and wine from the, from the priest and take it over to hear some food. And Jesus would eat it. And so I would make him peanut butter sandwiches thinking that Maybe you'll eat it. Like, okay, here's a peanut butter sandwich. Please eat it. But if you don't eat it, it's okay. I'll eat it for you. <laughs> but he never ate it, so I was always eating the peanut butter sandwiches for him. And I think that's where this relationship with him started and early on in my life. And although I didn't like the Mass, I didn't like praying the rosaries, I didn't like it at all, I had this friendship that started happening. And my prayer was these letters that I would write him. 
just over time, uh, that became a constant in my life. Even if the rest of the Catholic faith was a mystery to me, at least this friendship with Jesus made sense to me in my mind. And so years later, we moved from California to Idaho. While I was there, it, it was a very difficult time in my life, mostly because, you know, I missed my family in California and my friends. I went through a lot of grief and depression. and I was too young to understand what I was going through. And so in those years, uh, that friendship with Jesus became very, very important, very central. And so years went by, I went to college. And in college is when I, I was like at my lowest point. I really felt that um, like I wasn't myself anymore. Like I, I, I didn't feel any joy anymore. And so my prayer became, you know, Jesus just help me, help me to, to be myself. So that when I leave this room, I can feel free to just be, be myself. And so like little by little, things started happening in my life. Like for some reason, I brought my guitar with me. I play guitar. So I brought my guitar to college, even though I didn't really bring it out that much. And then I remember one of my roommates, his, uh, his brother was in the choir at the time in the parish over there at the university. And he told his brother, hey, he has a guitar. You should invite him to the choir. They're like, oh, yeah, you should come to the choir. And so in my mind, I was like, I don't want to go to the choir. I don't want to sing in front of people. But then I remembered my prayer and everything. So I thought, well, maybe Jesus wants me to go check it out. Okay, fine, I'll go check it out. So I went to the choir, to the Spanish choir, and that's where things just started to happen. I started making these new friends, and I started learning a lot from them. And just being around them was very special. So I kept coming back. I kept going to the choir, and then I started going to the English choir, and then I just kept meeting lots of people. And so that time at the university, was really a time of growth for me. And so while I was there in the parish, uh, the priest who was there at the time, his name was Father Caleb, he would notice how active I was being there and how I'd always come and be with the Blessed Sacrament. And so he would, he would tease me about, hey, maybe you should be a priest. You should think about the priesthood. And so I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So that was, that was always my answer. No, I don't want to do that. Three, four years later, they moved him. A new priest came by. It was the same thing. He kept telling me the same thing. And I was like, no, it's not for me. It's not for me. And, you know, until one day he told me, hey, I'm going to go to Mount Angel because uh, I'm taking a big group of guys with me to check out the seminary. You want to come? And inside I was like, no, I don't want to go. But then I thought again, well, maybe God wants me to check it out. Okay, I'll go check it out. So I went. And... There wasn't a big group of guys. It was just me and some other guy who also happened to be my friend. <laughs> so we went together. My friend was really excited because he, his name is Wes. He was planning on entering with the Carmelites, and they're also at Mount Angel. So uh, I went with him and, and Father Chase, the priest there. We went there, and Wes was super excited. He's like, yes, I'm going to be a Carmelite. And I was like, I hate this place. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I didn't feel comfortable at all. I just, it just felt so awkward, and I just didn't, I didn't like it. So when I came back, I thought, okay, God, it's not for me. Great. So I kept on going with my uh, studies. I graduated with my bachelor's in virtual technology and design. And when I finished, I just felt like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Like it, it, I really enjoyed what I did. I mean, I, I made a lot of video and and I worked with 3D stuff, and it was just a lot of fun, but it didn't fill me as it did in the beginning. 
And so, you know, I had that feeling. And I went home with my parents and I was starting to look for jobs, but I didn't want to lose the, uh, the momentum I had going. I wanted to keep going to mass and being active in the parish. So I, I got more involved in my home parish. So they, they had like four or five choirs. I got them all of them. I was going to the Blessed Sacrament every time I could. And my, my dad was working there. So even easier access to the church. I can just go whenever I want because I was always around. It's one time I remember I prayed with my mom. She just kind of told me out of the blue, hey, you know, you're always at the church, you know, you, you practically live there. Why don't you just become a priest? And that's when I was like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I can do that. And I think before, the reason I didn't feel like it was for me was because I was just, I was afraid. To me, I would look at the priesthood and I'd think of it as a huge responsibility that I couldn't touch. Because I think for me, my biggest fear was, was losing my friendship with Jesus. Because that was the friendship that sustained me, especially in those darker times in my life. And so the thought entered my mind, well, if I do this and I do it badly, then I'm going to lose him. I don't want that. So that was my fear. When I heard that from my mom, I was like, well, maybe I can do this. Okay, I want to try it. And so in my prayer, I went and I, I told Jesus, well, hey, if this is what you want me to do, I want to do it too. I want to, I'm ready to help people. And I felt this huge peace in my heart, just like this amazing peace. And, you know, I was just ready. And God made everything happen all of a sudden. You know, uh, there was this uh, Benedictine monk who, who met me one day. He's like, hey, I hear you have a vocation. You know, why don't you come visit our monastery? Because where I, where I grew up, there's uh, actually a Benedictine monastery with monks from Mount Angel. <laughs> and so they were living there and they let me check out their monastery, but I didn't like it. It didn't feel right. But I talked to one of them. His name is Father Norbert. Uh, he died a few years ago. But I told him about how I, f I went to Mount Angel. I saw all these guys, all the Carmelites, the Benedictines, the Diocesans. But I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't know why. And so he's the one who told me about the missionaries of the Holy Spirit because he is from Mount Angel. He knows the community. And so I was like, who are those guys? And so I started looking them up online. And, you know, I just started to fall in love with the uh, spirituality that they live. I, I learned about their founders, Father Felix, Jesus Ruger, and Blessed Conchita Gabrera. And I just felt like, I just felt really connected with them. And so I read their mission, and I, there's just this line I remember reading. It said, we radically follow Christ's priests and victims. And then when I read that, Something in my heart just like, oh, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. Something inside me like this deep fire was just raging. Like, like I really want to give my life to Christ because he's been my friend. And he's been with me on this really difficult life journey that I've had. And it just has this, always been this, this echoing feeling ever since, like, I guess I read that. Or it's just been awakened where I, I just I really want to give myself. And that's just been the pattern I've been living since college. Like, I really want to give myself. I really want to be myself. And since I entered, I just, I found this new family. And I found a new way of life. A new way of being that, that allows me to be myself more and give myself more. And since I entered, it's just been this process of learning how to love. Learning how, how to do that because, you know, I still have my wounds. I still have my weaknesses, my humanity. 
And it's just been something little by little learning how to open my heart more and feel comfortable with who I am and, and what I have to give. And so that's, that's been the journey. I just loved how Brother Oscar described his friendship with Jesus. And I loved the story of how it developed from bringing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to eventually discovering a religious vocation. Brother Oscar described how critical prayer was and still is to this friendship with the Lord and what advice he would offer to those that might want to grow their own friendship with God. For me, prayer has been essential. I mean, I can't live without prayer. Every day I have to pray. Um, it's And I find that it's not just, you know, sitting down and something more formal like the rosary, although I do pray the rosary now. But uh, it's, it's more like just, you know, I go about my day and I, I meet people and I can see in people how God is there. Maybe someday I'm feeling like, oh, so I'm nervous about something or I feel down. And someone's like, hey, good morning, how are you doing? Like with this big smile. And it just like changes my whole day. It's like, okay, God's, God is with me and that person saying hi to me. God's there. For advice, I, I would say... You know, when you make a friend, how, how do you how do you cultivate that friendship? Like, you spend time with that person, right? You, so spend time with with the Lord. Go to the Blessed Sacrament. Be there a while, even if it's uncomfortable at first. Like, I don't know what to say. Well, just tell him what you think. <laughs> how are you feeling? You know? And if you ran out of things to say, well, just sit there and listen. Maybe you'll you'll get something. Uh, when you go to bed, say good night to Jesus. He's there. He's listening to you. When you wake up. Say good morning to Jesus. He's there waiting for me. I think that those little little things count a lot, you know. And I think it just it fills God's heart with joy to see that his child wants to say good morning, his child wants to say good night to him before they continue about their day or they're about to go to bed. I think it really warms his heart to see that they're trying to be there with him. And so keep trying, you know, don't give up. I also asked Brother Oscar what suggestions he would give to someone who is trying to discover if they have a vocation to the priesthood or religious life. Uh, I'd say just be open. Be open to an adventure. Because, you know, maybe someone has told you, like, hey, have you thought about religious life? Have you thought about the priesthood? And maybe you thought, no, I don't, I don't like that idea. <laughs> but... Who knows? Maybe, maybe it could be. Maybe it could be something for you. Maybe it's not for nothing that they're saying that to you. I mean, maybe there's something about you. They see God in you. Maybe there's something about you that, that reflects to them someone who would be happy in such a state of life. And so I'd say be open to that and explore that. You know, maybe you'll meet a religious who inspires you, and you think, I want to be like that person. Go and talk to them. Go visit their order, see what they're all about, see what that kind of life is like. Maybe you'll feel something inside that, that just starts to burn up and say, there's something about this that I like. I don't know what it is. And just keep exploring that. And then God will bless that journey. God will guide you there. I, I heard once that God's always trying to like guide you to your where you would be happiest. And you're free to choose whatever road you want to take. But God's always out looking out for you. And so if, even if you were to choose the wrong thing, somewhere along the line, God's going to help you see this is not where I should be and take you to where you got to go and you'll be in the right place. And the right place really is where you'll be happiest.
because we're, if when you find that place and you're happiest, you can share that happiness with other people. And that's the idea. You can share that joy with other people because they need that joy. And you can help bring them to where they got to be too. Once we discover what our vocation is, often there are more practical obstacles that can get in our way. Brother Oscar shared how he faced the issue of student loans when trying to join the missionaries of the Holy Spirit. When I finished college, well, I didn't finish debt-free. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't that crazy a debt, but still, it was a debt. And, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just thought, I'll find a job, I'll pay it off, and then I'll see where I go from there. But then God sent me on this crazy adventure, and things changed. And, you know, I was on the cusp of entering religious life. But the thing is, to enter religious life, you need to be debt-free. I mean, that's one of the requirements, to be debt-free. And so, I don't know if the right word is scared. I'm still like scared, nervous, because I really wanted to enter. But I had this money that I owed. And I was like, how am I going to, how do I handle this now? And so, talking with uh, my vocation directors, with the missionaries, uh, they shared with me a few different options. I remember they talked to me about uh, Labore Society is one of them. And, and then the, the Mater Ecclesia Fund for Vocations. And so I ultimately, I stuck with the, with the Fund for Vocations and I submitted an application and the missionaries let me go into the novitiate knowing that I had debt as I applied for this, for this grant for, for, my, for my debt. We have two years of novitiate and the first year of novitiate, uh, I didn't get it. I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't get it. And then, but thankfully they said, oh, you can try again next year. So I tried again next year. And, uh, and so it was kind of uh, crazy because during the second year of novitiate, the congregation sent me to Mexico for an experience with another brother. And so while I was in Mexico, this was about the time when they were going to decide who's going to get the grant. <laughs> and I didn't have any internet connection. I didn't know what was happening. So I was just like praying, please, God, let me get the the grants, I can keep going, and I got it. I was like, yes! And so what happens with the grant is that it's not like they pay for everything right away. It's they take over your, your, your loan. And so they pay for you monthly while you're in religious life doing your basic formation. But the idea is that the congregation uh, signs a contract where they, they say they agree that by them taking over my debt, that means that technically I'm debt-free, and so they'll, they'll be paying for me. And so for the past five years, the fund has been paying for me every month. Every few months or so, my superior sent them a letter saying, hey, he's still here. <laughs> he's doing well. Uh, and so, yeah, and I, what's really cool is that, you know, they're, they're, they're really nice. And if, if ever in my process, I discover that this isn't what God's calling me to be, you know, I can, I can leave and they're not asking me to pay back any of the money that they help pay for me. And so, yeah, I've, I've told a, a few people about it too in the past who were also having debt struggle wanting to enter. Over the past few months, I've been able to learn more about Fund for Vocations from Brother Oscar, some of the other recipients, and also talking directly with that organization. And this has really opened my eyes to the great burden of student debt that many young people face when they are trying to pursue the vocation that God has for them. 
And so I encourage you to check out the Fund for Vocations, as well as the Labore Society, Sarah Club, Seminarian Funds, and other ways that you can concretely support those who are trying to follow a vocation to the priesthood or religious life. Now, I realize that many of our listeners might not be familiar with the missionaries of the Holy Spirit. They are an incredible order that does so much good in our local community. I personally have been fortunate to have grown up near one of their homes in Mount Angel and also been able to work with them on many occasions, but I want more people to know about this great order. So I asked Brother Oscar to share a little bit about this incredible group of priests and brothers. So the Missionaries of the Holy Spirit were founded in the year 1914, a little over 100 years ago now. They were founded on Christmas Day in a little chapel in Mexico City in the place where Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to San Juan Diego. And so that's pretty cool, I think. (laughs) There's even, if you go to Mexico and you go to that place, there's a plaque and it says right there, the missionaries of the Holy Spirit were founded right here. And so it's like right there. And if you're not looking for it, you never notice it, but it's right there. It's kind of like one of those treasures hidden in plain sight. But the missionaries were founded there during the middle of the persecution. We were founded by a French priest and a laywoman, which I think is a fascinating story because at the time, Father Felix, he was a Marist priest in a different religious order. He was in Mexico and he was praying a novena prayer to the Holy Spirit because he wanted to grow in holiness. And so on the last day, he has this amazing encounter. He was gonna leave his office but something inside him wasn't letting him leave the office. Like, you see, you wrote it down. For some reason, I couldn't leave. In, in Blessed Conchita's diary, she wrote the same thing. Like, I felt this weird feeling like I had to go to confession to this particular church. I don't know why. I thought it was crazy. But something pulled her over there. And so she went. She asked for the superior, which was him. And she went in there. She already confessed in the morning, so she didn't have anything to say. <laughs> and the father, Father Felix, was like, what are your sins? Well, Father, I went already in the morning. And so then she started talking about her spirituality, the spirituality of the cross, which, which is symbolized by what I have here on my, on my chest, this cross right here. This is the cross of the apostolate, which is like really quickly. I mean, the Holy Spirit, which is God's love, moves us toward the heart of Christ on the cross, moves us to offer ourselves with Jesus on the cross. She told him about it. She told him about so many things. I remember she, uh, it says that uh, she started telling him, you know, Jesus likes it when you do this, but he doesn't like it when you do this. Father Felix was like, what? I never told anyone any of this. How does she know? And so I felt like it was like a reverse confession because she was telling him everything about his life that he's never told anybody. And he was just like, who is this lady? <laughs> and so they were like there for two hours and she told him about the religious sisters of the cross, which is uh, a religious order that, that they're our sister order. They're contemplative uh, sisters who are with the Blessed Sacrament 24-7. Father Felix was moved by this, and he's, he's, he's like, you know, are, is there a congregation for men? And she's like, no, but there will be. And so that was like the most prophetic thing ever because Father Felix became our founder, and we are that congregation for men. And basically, we're here as our, our, our way of life. We live like a family. It's really like you come in and we, we, we tease each other, we laugh, and we're, we're, we're a big family. 
we strive to console the heart of Jesus. We pray for priests especially because the sins of the priests are, are the sins that hurt Jesus the most because they're the ones that Jesus chose to make him present to the people, to his people. And so we pray for priests. We serve priests uh, through spiritual direction. We serve them through seminary formation. But we also serve the laity because we realize that all of us are priests through our baptism, our baptismal priesthood. So we also try to promote that holiness in people, in the people of God, the, the priestly people, so that when you come to Mass, you don't just sit there and listen. You, you actively participate. You actively give of yourself in Mass. So when, when the priest raises the host in Mass, it's not just the priest raising the host, but all of us raising our hearts with him, offering ourselves with God for the whole world. And so we, we try to promote that. We try to promote the love of the Holy Spirit in, in all of us. So we, we really want to help the world be more holy, help the world love Jesus more, love the Holy Spirit more, love God the Father more, love the Virgin Mary more, just, just love more. Brother Oscar also shared with me that the missionaries of the Holy Spirit are actually part of a much bigger family of the cross that promotes the spirit of Christ, priest, and victim. It actually all started back with Blessed Conchita and an order for lay people and then grew to a large family of about 18 different religious orders and lay movements. So I encourage you to find out more about the missionaries of the Holy Spirit, the family of the cross, and all those different organizations that are part of this. Brother Oscar described his relationship with God and the discovery of his vocation in a way that I think is very relatable for any young person. If God is calling you to do something, but you feel fear about that, I hope that this conversation with Brother Oscar has given you some encouragement. His story is a testament to how God stays with us every step of the way along the path that he places before us. He helps us navigate any fear or obstacle and leads us to discovering real joy and peace in our vocation. That brings us to the end of this episode. I want to say a special thank you to Brother Oscar for taking the time to sit down with me. Be sure to check out our videos and other podcast episodes and consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Thank you again for joining us on Signs of Hope as we tell the stories of how God is working here in the Pacific Northwest. See you next time and God bless you. Signs of Hope is produced by Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. Find this show on your local podcast platform and our free Hail Mary media app, along with a wide range of locally produced shows, prayer library, radio live stream, and more. More details are also available at materdayradio.com.